This poem is titled Sunflower Sutra by Allen Ginsberg. It was made in Berkeley, 1955. I walked on the banks of the tin can banana dock and sat down under the huge shade of the Southern Pacific locomotive to look at the sunset over the box house hills and cry. Jack Kerouac sat beside me on a busted, rusty iron pole. Companion, we thought the same thoughts of the soul. Bleak, blue, and sad-eyed, surrounded by our gnarled steel roots and trees of machinery. The oily water on the river mirrored the red sky. Sun sank on top of final Frisco peaks. No fish in that stream. No hermit in those mounts. Just ourselves, roomy-eyed, hung over like old bums on the river bank, tired and wily. Look at the sunflower, he said. There was a dead gray shadow against the sky, big as a man, sitting dry on top of a pile of ancient sawdust. I rushed up enchanted. It was my first sunflower, memories of Blake, my visions. Harlem, and the hells of the eastern rivers, bridges, clanking joes, greasy sandwiches, dead baby carriages, black treadless tires forgotten and unretreaded, the poem of the riverbank, condoms and pots, steel knives, nothing stainless, only the dank monk and razor-sharp artifacts passing into the past, and the gray sunflower poised against the sunset, crackly, bleak, and dusty with the smut and smog and smoke of olden locomotives in its eyes. Corolla of a bleary spikes pushed down and broken like a battered crown. Seeds fallen out of its face, soon to be toothless. Of sunny air, sun rays obliterated on its hairy head like a dried wire spider web. Leaves stuck out like arms out of the stem, gestures from the sawdust root. Broke pieces of plaster fallen out of the black twigs. A dead fly in its ear. Unholy battered old thing, you were my sunflower, oh my soul, I loved you then. The grime was no man's grime but death and human locomotives. All the dress of dust, the veil and darkened railroad skin, the smog of check, the eyelid of black misery, the sooty hands or phallus or protuberance of artificial worse than dirt, industrial, modern. All that civilization spotting your crazy golden crown and all those blear thoughts of death, of death and dusty, loveless eyes and ends and withered roots below in the home pile of sand and sawdust, rubber dollar bills, skin of machinery, the guts and innards of weeping coughing car, the empty lonely tin cans with their rusty tongues alack, what more could I name? The smoked ashes of some cock cigar, the cunts of wheelbarrows, the milky breasts of cars, worn out asses of chairs and sphincters of dynamos and all these things entangled in your mummied roots and you were there standing before me in the sunset all your glory and in your form a perfect beauty of a sunflower a perfect excellent lovely sunflower existent a sweet natural eye to the new hip moon Woke up alive and excited and gasping in the sunset shadow sunrise golden monthly breeze 
How many flies buzzed around you, innocent of your grime, while you cursed the heavens of the railroad and your flower soul? Poor dead sunflower. When did you forget you were a flower? When did you look at your skin and decide you were an impotent, dirty, old locomotive? A ghost of a locomotive, the specter and shade of once was a powerful, mad American locomotive. You are never no locomotive, sunflower. You are a sunflower. And you, locomotive, you are a locomotive, forget me not. So I grabbed up the skeleton-thick sunflower and stuck it at my side like a scepter. And delivered my sermon to my soul and Jack's soul and anyone who'll listen. We are not our skin of grime. We're not dread, bleak, dusty, imageless locomotives. We're golden sunflowers inside. Blessed by our own seed and hairy, naked, accomplishment bodies growing into the mad, black, formal sunflowers in the sunset. Spied on by our eyes under the shadow of the mad locomotive, riverbank, sunset, frisco, hilly, tin can, evening, sit-down vision. That poem was made by Allen Ginsberg, Erwin Allen Ginsberg, a fellow born from New Jersey, of uh, Russian immigrants that were part of the Socialist Party. He grew up a tough life, kind of poor, and... Uh, Although his brother became a really famous poet in the newspaper, he never really talked about it too much until later in his life. But he became his own famous beatnik American poet. Um, I didn't know a fact about him, but I guess when he died in 1997, there was a bunch of Buddhist people surrounding him, praying for about 18 hours until his soul left his body. I thought that was pretty crazy. I didn't know how devoted he was to uh, Buddhism, and how uh, how much he, how many people he known, and all that stuff. That poem came to me when I was like in my early twenties, and you know I've always, and if anybody's known me in my podcast, you know I, I appreciate first and foremost appreciate you guys coming in, and listening to the poetry reading. You know, I think it's a a good thing to talk about the poetry of American poets, the greatness behind the ability that we can see beyond just one religion, one thing. It's a multitude of people that live here, and it's going to continue that way, no matter how people see it. So many people want to come here. I think it's... uh, a beautiful poem if you really paid attention to like every single word and of course since this is a podcast you can always go back and listen and get a, a sense of what I'm talking about first and foremost you have to know that Ellen Big and Ginsburg was 
came from the East Coast and uh, experienced a lot of things that weren't okay back in the day where you can even discuss such as, hey, the guy was homosexual. He was judged a lot, kept that a lot in secret. But it looked from learning about him, it looked looked like he lived a very good experimental life at that time, even though he was probably really judged by a lot of people. And it looks like he always never really talked about it too much, you know? And uh, even though he protested in Cuba um, about it and was kicked out of Cuba and uh, was then put on the FBI security list back then by J. Edgar Edgar Hoover. The fucking poem was a tongue twister, man. I think we sometimes forget, you know, how awesome poems for the soul really are. And the, this poem talks about so much imagery that if you're from the Bay Area, it it just hearing the things that he's talking about is somewhat a San Franciscan thing to do, you know, go hiking. And he's talking about these these spots and these hike by this river, you know. And it's like there's nothing around there in San Francisco that's like that, you know. So he's probably hiking someplace nearby the, by the beach or something, maybe by Pacifica, but he's there with uh, Jack Kerouac taking on looks like a little stroll through the hills and some whatnot and uh, finding their way through looks like a old abandoned locomotive yard and uh, somewhere around there and uh, picking up a, an old scepter of a sunflower which you know if people know that sometimes if you keep sunflowers there for a while the skeleton of them will just stand up on its own so he picked it up, and, and one of the things that people don't know about Allen Ginsberg is that during his time of being a beatnik poet, writing his poetry with his friends, who are also very famous poets, like William Burroughs, Jack Kerouac, of course, who's probably the most infamous of them all, most known um, uh, beatnik poet, uh, Neil Cassidy, I think there's some other guy named Lucian, I don't really know who he was. They're very um, big at that time. They really started that stuff, I guess, in 1944, but was really more big in the 50s. Um, he organized some great poetry readings, which I guess, you know, one of the ones that was the 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 six readings or something like that is. For me, I guess I'm. It's kind of I'm kind of in awe talking about it because for me I. I always loved this poem and it's always touched me especially at the end where he talks about the sunflower is on the railroad there has been there for many years probably and it's disguising itself as somewhat something like an old artifact of this old locomotive that it's nearby and he talks about it's not what it is it's not that's not what you are even though you were here you are beautiful inside and you got to remember that 
you have visions of things and you got to he had a vision of that and it feels like he describes what he felt because when he came to san francisco it is said that he felt some type of vision a buddhist type of vision He wrote this in 1955, man. That was the height of the Beatnik movement. And that was around the time he wrote Howl, which is a ridiculously great poetry book. I mean, the poem he wrote, Howl, that he dedicated to Carl Solomon is probably the the one poem that, you know, it hooks every person who loves poetry into his poetry in all Beatnik poems. Of course, if you like more Jack Kerouac-style poetry, which is good, I just... Allen Ginsberg, man, the way he talks is amazing. Now, you can actually listen to the actual reading by Allen Ginsberg on YouTube. So you guys can just quickly search that up and actually hear his own voice and his own words. You can't forget who you really are as an individual. And you have to remember that even where the the death of the things that we once had that are just skeleton beliefs that we once had, or I guess not beliefs, but more of what we believed in ourselves about each other or how you probably uh, looked at things and stuff like that and how you treated yourself was probably different or you uh, educated yourself on things that you really loved. You can't lose that can't lose what you once used to like to do for yourself that actually was therapeutic that taught you something whether you learned that in a young age or much later in your life don't forget to grab on to those things that once made you who you are today those solid things that actually benefited you the realization that you are better don't ever fall into that muck that he's talking about you've been there for so long it's like almost rising out of depression to me just being a dreary looking ass sunflower on the railroad yard and being recognized after so many years by a completely random person as a sunflower a beautiful golden sunflower as he describes into the into the poem and I love that of course it took place in San Francisco he describes you know Frisco Frisky Hilly Tin Can Evening Sit Down Vision at the very end of the poem which I love that type of you know there's no ands or buts in between it's just one word on top of each other it's rhythmic it has a rhythm to it and how he closes it it's just so uh inspirational that whole thing just at the end we're not our skin of grime we're not our old, we're not the skin that fucking we have that experiences the outer external bullshit. We're not dread, bleak, dusty, imageless locomotives. We're golden sunflowers inside. Inside, we're more than what we think we are. Blessed by our own seed, which is true. And there's some truth behind that. He speaks it. Blessed by our own fucking seed. And our hairy, naked accomplishments, bodies growing into mad, black, formal sunflowers in the sunset. So as time goes on, we grow into these black things. Well, not like in, into speaking. We grow into these old, 
shells of ourselves that are just tough and gritty, but we have no life. We have no uh, energy in ourselves. We have to get out. Spied on by our own eyes under the shadow of the mad locomotive, riverbank, sunset, frisky, hilly, tin can, evening, sit-down vision. That's totally poetic ending. But spied on by our eyes under the shadow of the mad locomotive. The shad shadow can be anything of your representation, whether it's the shadow of the sun or shadow of the moon or whatever, or even the shadow of the government or something. And we're watching us ourselves do this to ourselves. So if you have a vision of, of breaking out of this thing, this shell that you have that's making you feel like shit, then you should do it. It's, an ex, it's, an, it's a great feeling to get out of the darkness, you know, and to find the light at the end of the tunnel. I love talking poetry, and I'm happy you guys were able to listen to me. Remember, this is a three-part series, so this is part one of the Just Call It podcast, Poetry Reading American Poets. One of them is, this is the poet poem that I just read, Allen Ginsberg, um, made in Berkeley, 1955. Um, Nick poet from East Coast to San Francisco, check it out. He's all over, he's very famous, world-renowned, and uh, I appreciate you guys digging deep with me. And the next poem we're going to talk about is going to be, uh, I got to remember off the top of my head because I have no notes right now. I'm just standing outside enjoying this beautiful sun. You guys can probably hear the background of the little waterfall that we have, the little uh, fountain, little little fountain that just keeps going in the engine. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Not Me, O Life, but we're going to talk about Birches by Robert Frost which is a poem that talks about same thing, rising out. And uh, it, the imagery is amazing because Robert Frost is just one of the best poets of American history. So thank you, everybody, and I appreciate it. Peace. <laughs>